welcome to FreedomCast, a podcast dedicated to interviewing star icons and entrepreneurs who have encouraged others to become more healthy and active. My name is Ashton, and it's my pleasure to host you as we take another trip through the fitness industry. It's entertaining and informative, and I hope it makes fitness more exciting and special to you in your own fitness journey. Uh, uh, this is Richard. Am I getting this right? Richard Love with uh, Exit. Yeah. Ex- Perfect. Absolutely. Excellent. Off exit comfort zone on um, Instagram. And uh, he has had uh, the thing that caught my eye. I've seen you a bazillion times on TikTok with the tape over your mouth, which has been great. Uh, But he also recently had a interview uh, dialogue with Ziegler Monster on TikTok, which was excellent. So they were talking about their perspectives on the fitness industry. And uh, you guys need to go watch that if you haven't already, but want to invite him on because he's very passionate about what he does. Um, something really unique, working a lot with Mesa's. I want to talk about that a little bit, um, but welcome, Richard. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No, listen, I am so grateful to be here. I greatly appreciate your invitation. And I think that this could be a great opportunity for both of us to have a great dialogue and offer further value to whoever chooses to, time, to tune in and watch this great, great interview. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to just continue the conversation we were having earlier about different perspectives in the fitness business because I, I I completely am on the same page about this. But um, you you disagreed with Ziegler Monster on what specifically, and then what did you do to kind of work through that? Well, so basically, like we just spoke about, I think that anyone who has a different perspective or has a different opinion than I do, I think that that is a fantastic foundation for a dialogue. Okay, I have so many people agreeing with my videos, but I have equally as many people disagreeing with my messages that I'm trying to have come through through the videos. So I invited Ziegler Monster amongst two other gentlemen, all of which were happy to say yes to a dialogue. And that speaks volume to me. That means that you stand for what you're saying and you are down to have a dialogue. I respect any man or woman who is publicly sharing his or her opinion. Why? First and foremost, every one of us, we have an opinion about certain things, yes? Which means that if you then stand up publicly and say, this is what I stand for, I respect that because you are subject to so much love and constructive love, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that I, I have a hater, you know? It's impossible for people who don't know me, who don't know you, to actually know who you are and say, you know what, I don't like you. That, that's two completely different things from what my perspective is and my opinion compared to who I actually am. So I don't take offense. I don't take, I don't feel like I have, oh my God, I put up this video right now and it's a lot of pressure. I've been to war. That is pressure. This is a dialogue. So Xavier Monster and I, we the first time I came across Ziegler Monster was he was about to perform a very mature uh, adult type of playtime together with his protein powder, okay? In his bed, there was a protein bottle container and he was getting funky with it. Okay? <laughs> he was swinging his robe and that kind of stuff. So that video that we're referring to is me saying, make love to your protein powder, okay? I don't know if you've seen that video, but it went to a point where I would never imagine it would go, uh, I wouldn't say viral. I think viral is, is just like a, a term that it, many people watched it and many people have done similar type of acts 
of adult fun time together with the protein powder. Um, and as of late, Noel Dizel, I think his name yes. is on uh, the bodybuilder on uh, on TikTok and on Instagram. I just follow. Uh, I just see him on TikTok usually. Yep. He also then said that oatmeal is something that you should also make love to. Mm-hmm. So both him and I, we are talking about what options that you have, but make sure that you perform these acts safe, safety first. Okay. So Zeker then had this video. So uh, that was the first time I came across him and his account. And I immediately saw that he is into, you know, bodybuilding and that type of fitness niche. I thought that was very interesting. Then we had a little bit of a uh, disagreement on another video that I posted. So I was like, hey, it's time for us to have a dialogue. And that was the, uh, the foundation of that invitation and of our dialogue. Nice, nice. Um, so I want to ask you a few things. Just uh, I want to go back to the beginning, I guess, and ask you about your personal life. And uh, you don't have to go too personal, but how did you even get started in fitness, generally speaking? Um, it sounds like you're not from the United States. I personally am Italian, so I've got an immigrant background, so I'm all about mm-hmm. it. But um, yeah, talk a little bit about yourself and where you came from and how you got into fitness. It's a very great question. Thank you for that. I think that what I see, I'm going to jump to that later because this yeah. is a very good question that is definitely coming to form and coming to life now in today's society as well. But you know, when I was 14, 15, 16 years of age, early teenager year, teenager years, um, I started to do a lot of different sports. You know, I was very active as a kid, but I was also very skinny as a kid. And anyone being a teenager, but I'm speaking for myself, you know, you are kind of like trying to mold and figure out who you are. Many of us still are. And uh, I think at that age, you're so vulnerable and receptive to every type of information, to your friends working out hard and hitting numbers at the gym and you're looking at yourself and you may not feel like, man, I don't feel like I am something. How am I supposed to be popular amongst my guy friends? How am I supposed to be popular and attract a a girl into my life? Like there's so much going on as a teenager, myself included, was going through that type of anxiety and confusion. I call it pure confusion. So by the age of 15 to 18 years of age, I was playing basketball and we started to the same questions that are now once again being discussed. Should I take creatine? Should I hit the gym? Will that stunt my growth? Like all of those things that was during that time when I was growing up are still relevant as a topic in today's world, right? So I had an experience. I started to, I had a coach within basketball that taught me compound movements. Like what is a squat? What is a yeah. deadlift? What is a clean? And Man, I felt so inspired by that. So I was more intrigued in the in the weightlifting aspect than I was in actually playing basketball. I was I was not starting five, but I was part of a team that, you know, we definitely conquered Scandinavia. We won tournaments in Russia. We were doing really, really good. But once again, if you're a teenager, you're not really appreciating how you look. You're not really getting that playtime so you're seen and you're not popular to the extent that you hope that you can be. You're once again, you're doubting yourself to one extent. So once again, this confusion and such have been a seed now going forward in the TikTok and social media type of presence that I have. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. To make a long story short, I went from trying many different types of sports, focusing down on basketball, but the real change in my life happened 
when I decided to join the military in Sweden. In Sweden, it wasn't uh, mandatory at the time, hmm. but I told my parents and I told my coach that I wanted to do the most gruesome, challenging way I could possibly think of. And there was two things that I had an opportunity to do. Either become what is considered being kind of like a Navy SEAL, but a not not to that extent, obviously, because yeah. there's a much greater time of uh, uh, time spent to become a Navy SEAL, or you can become a Arctic Ranger, which definitely means exactly what you are thinking. You are above the Arctic Circle in the wow. very, very part of Sweden. That wow. day when I turned 18. We hopped on a train that is an overnight train, 17 hours, and you just go together with 300 to 320 kids in the same age of yours, and you are traveling away from Stockholm, which is the capital of Sweden, up to the very northern part of Sweden. Wow. That alone was frightening. That was my greatest step that I've ever taken outside of my comfort zone, except comfort zone being my name today. I had the most profound experience during those 15 months of my life because you were taught ways to rely on your body. You were taught ways to rely on your machine when you're food deprived, sleep deprived, when you have to carry a backpack, when you have to walk for miles and still be sharp to, to read and navigate on a, on, a, on a map, for example. And there were so many times that I failed. I failed over and over again. I thought I could rely on my physique. I felt like, I, hey, I'm 17, 18 years of age. I know it all, man. I, I've been doing stuff in the gym. I've been pushing. I know it all. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. And our instructors and drill sergeants, they were not, they were not hard, per se, because they knew that the coldness, the darkness will be the greatest lesson of each of our lives. Yeah. So I was constantly exposed to having a paradigm shift. Like we're saying, every single week, we had the opportunity to either quit or try to push through it. And when we did push through it, we came to realize like, hey, holy shit, I am capable of performing with my machine and my mind these types of hard fucking things, regardless of being sleep deprived or food deprived and barely having any access to water. What else am I capable of? So it became this constant thrive to find out what I'm made of. What, what is the bottom of this container? Like, what can I do? So ever since that day, when I graduated as an Arctic Ranger, I have been seeking out ways to better understand how I can put myself through physical and mental challenges. And I constantly keep talking and sharing. I want you to recommit every day to your spiritual, physical, and mental journey. And you grow as a spirit when you perform things that you did not think that you were going to be able to perform, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Um, so Sweden. So that training sounds, how long was that training for? 15 months. And what you had was the first three months was all of a build-up phase. It was summer. The summer it's fantastic in the northern part of Sweden. You're surrounded by a million mosquitoes in every step that you take, but the sun never sets either. So you have mosquitoes, you can't sleep. You're, I mean, everything is just a blur at that time. Because you're above the Arctic Circle, the sun never sets, but that's the complete opposite in January and February. 
where 30 days out of that month, the sun never comes above the horizon. Wow. That was new. That was new. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. And I've then... Never been back to... <laughs> Say what? I've never been back to that part of Sweden since. <laughs> I bet. No kidding. I wouldn't want to be. Um, so 15 months. And then from there, did you uh, continue to enlist or uh, did you pop out of the program? I try when when you're done with that part, you're kind of like, okay, thank you so much. You know, there's ways that you need to continue to become a, you know, um, keep become an officer and keep that as your profession. But I decided to take a year off and uh, was working at the time. But then I got a phone call. Hey, you know what, Richard? There's a great opportunity. And as a young young savage at that time, you're like, oh my god, I can be the spearhead on my nation. Let's 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 say yes to this opportunity, which was to go down to Afghanistan. Oh, wow. uh, being part of Afghanistan where uh, our type of training was in perfect harmony with the cold mountain region of Hindukush mountain range in Afghanistan. It's the yeah. same type of cold, miserable situation as it was above the Arctic Circle. So we were perfect for that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I said yes. <laughs> nice. Um, and then, so how long was your stint in the military then, total? Altogether, uh, three years. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, are you guys, do you guys uh, still live in Sweden or come over to the, did you come over to the States at some point? So I was, at, I was living in Sweden after I decided to retire from the military when I felt like I had enough. Yeah. Um, and I was working regular civilian jobs, but still had this urge to constantly do like ultra marathons and, you know, what else can I challenge my physical being existence with? So I, at that time, was very interested in becoming a CrossFit instructor. So I went to, to London and I got certified and I started to coach and teach in Sweden. And I find like, hey, you know, coaching others in a way that is kind of like different from what I've seen around me, you know, like being inside of the gym. Okay. You know, there's a lot of things that are different, but there's also a lot of things that are very much the same. Mm -hmm. So I was like... If everybody goes to the gym, I want to be outside. I want to do things with nature. I want to be in nature. I want to push my existence in the elements of nature. If it's cold, fuck yeah. If it's warm and hot, fuck yeah. So the reason why I now came to the United States is that I was here with two of my friends. This is exactly 13 years ago, which I can't believe. Wow. Um, I was here kind of like celebrating together with uh, my two friends that we've had a great time in Afghanistan and whatnot. And I ran in the, the like second or third day, I ran into uh, a woman who is now my wife. And I said, I may not be the smartest of man, but I do know my women. And that sounds so bad, but I had dated a lot. So I knew what I was looking for. And yep. she surpassed my expectations to the point where I was like, guys, that's it. And they were like, well, you know, mom and dad was like, oh, that's so cute. You found a little flirt when you were on vacation no no no. you guys don't understand i need to move like i sold my apartment i, I quit my job i was like wow. i'm going for this so to make a long story short came over to miami my wife had already she's within fitness as well but she has mm -hmm. been doing yoga and meditation more about the grounding wholesome uh, focus on our, on our existence so her and i was a fantastic match on not only on a personal level but also fitness wise yeah, no kidding. Oh my goodness. And then um, has the business in your mind, so what you've created with Exit Comfort Zone and Savage, has that all been 
coming to a point where you said, let's make this official, or did you, did the concept for that evolve after you came over to the States? That's a very good question. I think that the main thing that had that idea of exiting your comfort zone really blossom was due to the fact that I came here as an immigrant. Mm-hmm. I came here with no ID, with no bank account, with nothing. So for me to even think like, hey, I want to be a personal trainer inside of the gym. Like, who the fuck are you? You know, like, can you prove that you're actually illegal to be here? Um, Not really. So it was literally like taking a huge leap of faith. And my wife and I, we took a huge risk, huge risk. You know, I overstayed my visa and, you know, if I would have been stopped by the police at that time, I would have been sent back to the cold ass freedom. Yeah. You know? So that led to, okay, if personal training is something that I want to do, it has to take place outdoors. And that was the start of that. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and so, so uh, were you connected with, when you came to the United States, were you connected with a CrossFit gym and uh, started doing your own thing? Or did you completely branch off and just say, hey, this is mine? This is mine. Okay. I felt I have to create my identity with yeah. something that I truly believe in. And for me, it was obvious. Yeah. It's about doing every session outdoors in nature. And Miami offers such a brutal factor to any type of workout taking oh, place yeah. due to the fact that it's high, high heat and high, high humidity, mm-hmm. more than six to seven months out of the year. Yeah. And we also have the ocean. We also have sand. Mm-hmm. I mean, combine that. Like anyone would be, you know, if you're not understanding the concept of what you can push the machine through, and you have all of this ability to work out outdoors with the elements, swim in the ocean. I mean, that was, it was a perfect fit for me to be able to offer that to my clients. They were like, this is not something that we've ever seen. Um, you know, so that was a perfect starting point to have that military background step into Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how did you get, so <laughs> getting clientele to work outside and be in incredible discomfort, it's hard enough to get folks into the gym where it's air conditioned and kind of nice environment. How in the world are you getting people outdoors, burnt, like in the sand, sweating their ass off? Like, what, what does that look like for you? That is a very good question. And it was not easy. It was not easy. But my wife guided me so perfectly. Literally, we considered being a military operation. Meaning, we strategically looked up what are the type of clients that we want to have. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we don't want to have a person necessarily who is only, quote-unquote, focused on his or her appearance. Okay? Because the gym does a fantastic job here. There's mirrors. There's other people. There's so much knowledge and information that you can gain from others. Right. So with my videos, I have never downplayed anybody that has that focus to only look a certain way. Mm-hmm. However, I do believe that you can get so much more from life if you also build your character and confidence based upon your performance. Yeah. Based upon, hey, I can look back and realize like I am capable of performing so much with my machine. I can run a 5K. I can lift 400 pounds. I can pull up my body with 20 times in a pull-up. There's so much that I can do, which I think adds so much value and appreciation for this machine in our existence. So with that being said, 
the question was, how did I damage my clients? Well, we did a military operation, breaking down like who would we like to have? Who is the perfect client? Who can afford our services? Because we wanted to put ourselves in a very high type of value cost per session. So we saw what area on Miami Beach, majority of people live, and I placed myself there. okay? I ran without the shirt. I ran without the shirt at 6 a.m. in the morning, being exposed to people living in that area who are thinking, who is this guy, you know? And then sharing, hey, my name is Richard Love. I am a personal trainer. Oh my God, I would like to have your number. You know what, at this time, I am fully booked, okay? I am fully booked. I didn't have one single person as a client. Oh, what that started to generate was a, holy shit, this person is doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He's out running in the middle of the fucking morning. It's drenched, it's, he is crazy hot and he's so busy. You know, I have to wait on him to receive an email for a possible invitation to becoming a client of this. Yeah. And we got the first. That led to the second because that person recommended those individuals within his or her circle of friends. None of them questioned the actual cost, which meant that we have now established ourselves at a very high value. From mm -hmm. a business standpoint, this was the best way to go. And this did not come from me, okay? This came all from my wife, who has more the business mindset. So that's how we initially generated clients, word of mouth, that brought us to a point where, okay, we're fully booked at this moment. Perfect. What is the next step? Gotcha. Wow. Um, and then from a explain in a nutshell what the training philosophy is because it's it's obviously pushing your limits and trying to achieve more than you ever thought possible with your body um but i know there's a, i know there's probably a lot more to it than that no that's a very that's a very good summary of it so what i would like to have established with any client a lot is that you and i will not have to work out for more than three months after three months i don't want to work with you because I have given you all the tools. I have given you ways to work with tools. You have figured out what the hell you're capable of performing. So you don't need it. Thank you. We're done here. Okay? That approach offers somebody to learn like, okay, I am focused on learning how to utilize a kettlebell. I'm focused on learning how to utilize a savage sandbag, mm -hmm. rings, mace belts, steel clubs, run, sprint. Like in reality, both you and I know to obtain a peak performance machine in reality we don't need to do much more than maybe 10 different types of movements and you will be at peak performance for the rest of your life now not taking consideration that you will grow you know 22 inch biceps but if we put that person out of the equation that type of client that we were looking for wanted to build a confidence within his or her performance great here are some of those tools. And if we focus on those 10 movements being, for example, deadlift, how do we do a proper deadlift? Being the king of all lifts. How do we do a proper squat? How do we do a swing? How do we do a pull-up, dip, push-up? How do we sprint? How do we do a rotational movement? You know, then all of a sudden, those 10 movements serve you so broad. And you learn how to utilize a kettlebell, a dumbbell, and then eventually a barbell. In my opinion, you are set. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that. And, and you're focusing on the basics too. Um, I know some people have different disciplines and complicated equipment, particularly within bodybuilding. It's really hard because you need individual machines for every body part. But the fact that you're focusing on compound movements and things that everybody can do, and then also moving off of the 
reliance on you as a trainer is every trainer needs to have that philosophy in my opinion, because you, it, having that as a crutch will eventually hurt your progress because you don't have the tools, skill set to, to continue your own training. You're going to be hampered by programs and whatever it is to continue and yes. go. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like sooner that person become independent means that he or she can work out when I'm not there. Yeah. And I can be of a remote coach. Hey, we can be online. I can send you programs or whatever. When yep. you're in vacation, for example, you ask me, hey, I have access to these types of tools in my gym. What do you suggest that I do? Boom. Here you go. Yeah. I'm up the picture. Bam. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the the thing that people know probably know you best for, which is tape over your mouth and restricted breathing while you're doing exercises. I know that's not all of the regimen, but um, talk to me a little bit about that and why that specifically. So I think that that's a very great question and a topic that more people should know about, mm -hmm. okay? I don't need you when you're working out to put duct tape over your mouth. I'm not sponsored by Gorilla Tape or duct tape <laughs> yet, okay? Who knows, man? There might be a deal down the line that I'm not hey. hey, but the reality of things is that this device that we have in our face offers so many functions that mm -hmm. I had no idea about up until a year ago. Okay. okay. I did not know that when we shut our mouth literally and breathe with our nose, the air that comes into our nose is pressurized, meaning that we're not <sighs> over breathing because the concept here and the, the, the myth is that if we take deep breaths with our mouth, we supply ourselves with more oxygen. Yeah. That is absolutely false. But that's my belief. Hey, you, you, I've been coaching clients when I was not aware of this. Like, hey, take deep breaths, take deep breaths. <gasps> and you see a client like he's not getting freaking better by. <gasps> so the lesson that I learned from that is that pressure, that the resistance that our nose have regulates how much air is being taken into our body in the best possible way because the gas exchange that happened in our body needs to be a 5% CO2 needs to exist in our body in order for the oxygen to leave the, the, the blood and come to the working organs and muscles, mm -hmm. okay? The, the air that is breathed through our nose is also uh, temperature regulated. I had no idea about that either. So if you're in a cold environment, by the time that air hits your lungs, it's already heated up to the perfect 86 degrees Fahrenheit. I had no idea about that. Oh, nice. You know, it's also filtered. The amount of filter and nose hair and, and mucous membrane that we have in our nose, yep. I had no idea about that too. You know, and one of the greatest things that we have around our nasal cavities up here in the sinuses, in the nasal cavities, there's nitric oxide being produced. Okay. So when we inhale through our nose, we have nitric oxide coming into our body, which work as a dilator, which opens up our airways and blood vessels, which means that our heart doesn't need to pump out as hard blood through our veins because now it's, all, it's already expanded and oxygen is being supplied to our body and muscles and organs in a much faster and more efficient way than breathing through our mouth. Huh. Like for example, when we, now when you and I are talking, I feel that's what I've been drinking three times. My mouth is dry, Yeah, you know, but you who are sitting there perfectly just asking a, a few great questions with perfect timing, your mouth is perfectly moisturized already because you're breathing through your nose. Right. So that was a great aspect that I learned. But I also learned the importance of having nasal breathing taking place when we are sleeping to optimize our recovery. Huh. 
Many of us, we're waking up with dry mouth. We are going to the restroom four times during the night or mm -hmm. we wake up either by ourselves, realizing that we're snoring or we have our significant other be, being like, hey, you're snoring, turn over. I mean, everyone is breathing with our mouth, especially when we sleep and we do not get proper amount of sleep when we do that. We don't get to that deep state of recovery sleep that we so need to have. And there's ways that you can assure um, proper nasal breathing. There's something called sleep tape nowadays that okay. was on Shark which is a small little adhesive strip that you have your lips and that prevents you basically from dropping your mouth. But you can open up your mouth if you still need to take a deep breath of air. But that have changed my game completely. So obtain the knowledge, which was through a book called Breath by James Nestor. Okay. I was like, this I have put into practice when I worked out this way. So I started to do it, put the tape because I wanted to find the most intimidating thing that I could think of. So I had to force myself to nasal breathe. So I wasn't, you know, trying to breathe with my mouth and my nose at the same time. No, duct tape over my mouth, perfect. The reason why I did that in the videos as well was to raise an awareness. Why are you wearing duct tape? Well, my friend, here are five reasons. Once again, sharing the knowledge that I have obtained, not forcing anybody to put duct tape over the mouth, but at least we have an awareness. And it's not something that I came up. It's not a, it's not a new trend. Uh, this guy is, I mean, I look stupid. I absolutely look absolutely crazy having duct tape and swinging a mace, but of course people will be like, what the heck is this guy doing? <laughs> look at this fool. Perfect. Now we have a dialogue. Why am I yeah. wearing a duct tape? And that person is like, you know what? If one person out of hundred is like, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm going to you know, focus on nasal breathing a little bit more throughout the day, but especially at night, I have won. I won. I was able to influence one person in one positive way. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I, I take the heat. I take the heat, okay? Let me put the duct tape on and do all kinds of crazy stuff and have all people be like, what is going on with this guy? Perfect. Let's have a dialogue. I'm all about the dialogue. I love that. <laughs> I love that the fact that you're focusing on just changing that one person's life because that's all that matters. You mean you, you're going to even a trainer of any type is going to go through thousands and thousands of people. They're going to go back to their old habits, but it's the one or the two people that stay consistent that you've actually changed for a lifetime that it makes all the difference. So I love I absolutely love that philosophy. That's more people should have that philosophy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, the uh, talk a little bit about the mace bells too, because that's a real, it's not a new thing, but it's, it's definitely a novelty within the, the fitness industry and, and not a lot of people use them right now. So um, I see them a lot. Uh, there's a gentleman, uh, another gentleman that I was going to have on the podcast that does almost exclusive work with that, but can maces be used as a full body movement or would you even substitute it for full body movements instead of compound movements? How do you use them in training? So that's a very good question, Ashton. I think that one of the greatest things that we have to focus on here is that whenever I use steel clubs, mace belts, sandbags, gymnastic rings, I do it primarily because I don't work out inside of a gym. I want to okay. be completely away from a gym environment. Yeah. Okay, nothing against gym environments whatsoever. I have said that to you before, but I also say that in my videos. I want each and every one of you to have as broad of an understanding of what you can put your machine and your vessel through. Yeah. So if you go to the gym, I definitely highlight the importance of learning how to do a proper deadlift, squat, bench press, and if you have access to a pull-up or a dip bar, learn how to do those movements, and you are set for a long time mm -hmm. from a strength foundation perspective. Now, 
when working out outside, it's not either or. I'm not saying, for example, that, hey, a mace belt is the only tool that you need or a sandbag is the only tool that you need. But that's worked for me. This is exactly the type of tools that I'm working So I definitely do compound movements together with our savage sandbags, squats, deadlifts, over the shoulder, hang cleans, hang cleans to shoulder squat. I mean, it's brutal to do that with 170 pounds. Yeah. like man almost right but the mace spells for me have been a fantastic strength and conditioning tool mm -hmm. okay from a mobility standpoint i was very like tight up on my shoulders and my lats have always been super tight because i do a lot of pull-ups and whatnot but what the mace spell have done is open up the range of motion here yeah yep so all of a sudden i'm swinging a a, a weapon looking ancient tool around my body and people are of course going to feel like what the hell is this guy doing and add the black duct tape on top of that and you have yep. a complete fool in many people's opinion i'll take it <laughs> i'll be the fool to raise the dialogue yep. anyways what i like about mace spell training and skill club training is that it works your body in the transverse plane i oftentimes don't do movements that is transverse right? In the transverse plane. It's oftentimes sagittal and frontal plane, and that's it. Yeah. You know, that's why I want people to realize like, hey, don't be so linear in your focus. You are a machine considered to be, you know, you're a human being considered to be one of the most advanced creature in the world. Mm -hmm. Let's put that body to, to work, you know? So maze spells definitely serves a great function for me from a strength and conditioning standpoint and from an increased mobility standpoint as well. That, so... For those of you who are listening to this podcast, I one of our very best friends is a is a physical therapist, and he's he's one of the best in North Carolina. And I can tell you for a fact what Richard just said is extremely important because when you're doing compound movement, squat, bench, deadlift, there is a range of motion that is linear, not side to side. That you need you need that side to side movement to stabilize core muscles to develop other parts of your body that can fail if you just do squat bench deadlift it is extremely important from a injury standpoint um and, and just reinforcing those those uh uh not only stabilizer muscle but other other muscles you don't normally work out so love 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 that you're focusing on other kinds of movement uh what else can people do i mean you mentioned sandbags you mentioned maces what other kinds of side to side stuff i'm sorry what other kinds of side to side uh, sorry, what are the kinds of side-to-side -side movements that involve uh, implements or not that can people do and incorporate into their training? Okay, so I fall in love, fell in love with using resistance band. I yeah. mean, with the progressive overload in each repetition, it's, it's so, I mean, the weight, the, the, the footprint of a resistance band and the easy way of taking that with you wherever you are and doing a movement that can be you know, in my humble opinion, Ashton, one of the greatest, this is a side note right here, but I love talking a lot. I'm not a, I'm not a great speaker, Ashton, but I am a big talker. <laughs> okay. You can quote me on that. Uh, I love it. So I have a lot of things to say. And that's why I think TikTok is perfect, you know, because there's no one that asks questions back, you know what I mean? I know, I just, right? Yeah. <laughs> In my humble opinion, the most complete athlete in the world is a MMA fighter. Okay. Okay. And I'm saying that not because I want all of us to fighting each other and be violent and whatnot. No, I'm saying that from a perspective of, 
You can take your favorite football, baseball, basketball player. All of those are amazing athletes. They have conditioning, they have strength, they have endurance, they have all of it. But none of them are having another opponent face them that wants to kick, punch, elbow, choke, whatever is allowed, you out. Mm-hmm. Which means that you have to be so endurant, you have to be so strong, you have to be so mind to body aware, you have to be so mentally strong when you get knocked down. Like that is the most literal, literal knockdown, get the fuck back up type of quote that we can have in our lives, yeah. right? So to me, an MMA fighter is constantly training in the transverse plane. You know, a punch, boom, rotate, a throw, a kick or a rotation, constantly moving in this direction. Yeah. So we don't have to be MMA fighters in order for us to gain the transverse plane benefits. So utilizing a resistance band, holding onto it like this, Mm-hmm. Have it at an anchor point behind you mm-hmm. and punch through that amount of work required is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's one of the most cost-effective pieces of equipment one can invest in, not only from a warming up perspective, but also putting yourself through the transverse play movements. You know, yeah. there's so much movements that you can do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is there More any questions? Man, I'm, I'm getting fired up here. Let's yeah, yeah, go. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> So core, uh, and I'll, I'll touch a little bit more on core training. Um, you're talking about transverse movements, but is there, people talk about core all the time and I feel like they really don't know what they're talking about, but, um, you know, they say core and they really mean abs. So, yeah. So what, what in your mind are some really effective core movements that people aren't talking about a lot, um, that you're incorporating into your own training? You know what? I would lie to you if I told you that, you know what, I'm the core specialist. I know exactly what I'm talking about here. Both of us, we know that exactly what you just said. Yeah. Many people come to us and say, hey, I want to strengthen my core. They really want to have visible abs. Yeah. Okay, those, those are two completely different things. Yep. In any type of movement that we have, we engage our core. It's the center of our body. And the way I train that is basically not by focusing on it. I okay. focus on yep. doing the movements progressively overloading that type of movement and gaining further strength in my core. To hold on to a savage sandbag like this in front of your body, obviously it works your core and majority puts emphasis on your lower back and glutes and all that great stuff. But that's the type of training that I do more for a broad perspective, not necessarily focusing on dialing into, I want to isolate my core or anything like that. If I do a pull-up, yes, I do l pull-up at times as well to further add on to that but that's not a movement that i necessarily recommend um, to a lot of people but what i do recommend to people if they want to improve their core is to do transverse plane movements yeah. use that resistance band okay pick up something on one side okay like a suitcase deadlift we're talking more of a, a movement specific exercise yeah. a suitcase deadlift or you picking up something is standing still mm-hmm. with a great posture is working your obliques Mm-hmm. Obliques are our stabilizing uh, and anti-rotational type of muscles that are extremely important in our everyday life. Yeah. But once again, Ashton, we're not talking about how you as a bodybuilder can get more visible uh, obliques, for example. We're not talking about that. We're talking for majority of us who work out from the standpoint of performing as great as we possibly can. So suitcase deadlift, static, isometric holds with weight offset loaded on one side and resistance band. Those two things are extremely valuable in my humble opinion. Yep, absolutely. Uh, talk to me a little bit about 
So I'll start with the health aspect of fitness because 90% of your gains can be made in the kitchen. But also I want to talk about what's becoming more of a conversation around mind, mindset. You've talked a little bit about this too during our conversation. I'll start with health. So um, what things are you encouraging people to think about from a health standpoint as you're training them? That's a very good point. I think that if you talk to a teenager who is coming to, to me, and majority of my TikTok followers are in the age span of 13 to 20 years of age. Mm-hmm. And just like I, to tie in what we initially started to talk about when I first stepped into fitness and how I felt so confused. You know, I wanted to become big, but I also wanted to be able to perform. And I didn't like how I looked. And I wanted to attract a significant other in my life. Mm-hmm. The same confusion exists today times 100 in my humble opinion yeah because i didn't have instagram i didn't have facebook i didn't even have this device that we're using right now yeah there was none of that which means that the only one that i could have pressure from were the few other people that i saw that was older than me that's it but nowadays it's not about for teenagers to be as healthy as they possibly can be at that very age it's all about man this influencer he is doing so great things inside of the gym and he is buffed and jacked and he is 5% body weight and he is 210 pounds a year round. Well, my friend, this is one of the greatest challenges I believe the fitness industry has. Every one of us wants to some degree make money, okay? And majority of us who are, I'm not saying that I'm an influencer. I'm the first one, Ashton, to say that I'm absolutely nobody. I'm just sharing my perspective and my experience, and I'm not looking to be famous in any shape or form. But whenever somebody is inviting me to a podcast like yourself, Ashton, I want to say yes, because there was a time when I was at a much lower following number, Mm. and I was reaching out to people asking if I could be part of their podcast, and everyone said no, or they were crickets. Okay. Wait, motherfuckers. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I get it. Yeah. Remember, I'm not a great speaker. I'm a big talker. Uh, <laughs> so, so what I was saying is that you are exposed as a teenager. As soon as you open up Instagram, as soon as you open up TikTok, you have these massive dudes that are claiming to be all natural. But in reality, that's not really this, the case. There is a secret sauce component that can come into many people's lives to look a certain way. But yet, if you buy my protein powder with a 10% discount code, you, my friend, can look as great as I do as well. That is like the common, and this is not only for, for, for men, this is for women as well. You know, like we have a lady who's just fresh out of a Brazilian butt job with the 360 lipo around her body while well, she's claiming that if you do a few in and out movements like this with your feet with the resistance band that she is now private labeling she as well can have you know glutes popping the way that she has yeah the illusion of the fitness industry and that is my mission my mission is very clear Ashton. i want to create an army of savages not for me because i have already my path clear for me i know what i'm doing and it's serving me very well this is not for me. Put me out of the equation and focus on the savages, the young savages that are coming. So when I'm done, when I'm gone, I have created an army of savages that can create an army of savages themselves. So all of a sudden, Ashton, we have generational savagery taking place. That to me is so fucking sexy. Rather than me being, you know what? I just created my own protein powder, bro. <laughs> 
It's called Swedish Moose Balls, and it will give you the greatest of pumps. It will give you tremendous six-pack, and it will have you attract every single lady out there. I mean, come on. Is this the level that we actually operate the entire industry based upon? Yeah. Yes, it is. That's yeah. the scary part. Yeah. So as a teenager, man, your question was, that was 10 minutes ago, you asked that question, and now coming back to it, <laughs> I think from a, from a health component, I want to, first of all, have a paradigm shift to take place as often as you can. So if we yeah. have a session where I tailor my session to be of high volume, type of training. I like to see, for example, like if we're having a kettlebell, we have a pair of rings and we have a maester. Great. We're going to do hundred reps of each and every one of those stations. The first reaction in one of our clients or anyone who is watching my video, is like, that is a lot of fucking reps. Yes, it is. Halfway through that session, you, my client and I, myself, are questioning, am I actually going to be able to perform this session or am I not? Yeah. Great. That's the first fucking obstacle we want to get to because now you start doubting yourself. Mm. Perfect. Without that doubt, you are just going in and getting that pump or you're just doing a maintenance type of workout. And that is perfectly fine. I have those days as well where I'm like, you know, it's better to do something than be on my couch at this moment. Absolutely. But when I have a fucking opportunity to maximize on my spiritual, mental, and physical aspect of my existence, a high volume session is my fucking number one secret sauce that I jump into because halfway into it, I doubt. So taking one step closer towards that end goal, I have a paradigm shift. Holy shit, I did all of these 300 repetitions. Holy shit. All of a sudden, I grow a spirit as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and that this ties right into what I wanted to ask you next, which is the mental aspect of training. Uh, it's the biggest component in my mind to getting through and grinding out not only reps, but actual, actually getting up and doing the work. Um, how important is that? And how do you train it to get it rock solid? And, and as you describe it, savage. <laughs> actually, that's, you're a fantastic podcast host man i hope that this podcast and you completely blow up where you have amazing guests don't forget about our small people in the future okay remember this dialogue i really yeah. appreciate this opportunity yeah and i think you ask fantastic questions i think one of the greatest things that we are suffering with right now like you say many people have they're challenged they're, they're feeling depressed you know and to jump onto your phone and see that i'm not doing anything and yet i am bombarded with this image of people who are already maxing out five six hundred pound deadlifts which is now the norm right if you actually not deadlifting 500 pounds who the fuck are you yeah you know what i mean or if you're not having a six-pack abs or if you're not an influencer with two million followers who the fuck are you yeah so that step of me actually doing something a very positive impact on my life it's so big it becomes like such a i'll do it later and if you in my humble opinion if you base your goals on how you will look like i'm going to look a certain way i don't think that you will ever be satisfied i think that you will always chase a little bit lower body fat percentage a little bit more popping veins yeah and that is, to me is a very detrimental path because then all of a sudden you're comparing yourself once again with this illusion of people who are on secret sauce that are not naturally obtaining their physique without 
you know, some secret sauce in their in their lives. Yeah. And anyone who is a bodybuilder, I mean, the dedication that he or she has in order for them to perform their desired outcome, I have never said anything about that. I admire the focus, the focus and discipline I admire. But if you are fucking transparent with what you are doing and taking, like Noel Dicel is, yeah. guys, this physique is not naturally obtained. Bro, you're a god in my opinion. Yeah. You're publicly leading mankind forward away from what it has been. Oh no, bro, you don't have to think about you know any performance enhancing drug. All you have to do is buy my nutritional program and you're gonna be eating white rice, ground beef, ground turkey, asparagus, and a few protein shakes, bro. And by the way, I have a 10% discount code. I mean, that is Ashton, that is once again, yeah. that is the norm. Yeah. So in my humble opinion, if you first and foremost validate why do you have a goal? What type of change do you want to have occur in your life? And why? What is your why? What is your why? And if that why is solely to look a certain way, you will fail. Yeah. It will last January out and then February comes around. You know what? I got busy with work. But if your why is more of a foundation for you as identifying yourself with a performance-based goal, for example, that you constantly obtain, and your progression is so much more based on performance, you're never going to quit because you become addicted to seek out more within yourself, in my humble opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And that performance and- That leads, sorry to interrupt you, yeah, Ashton, yeah. but I have much more to say. Uh, <laughs> I think that that also leads to a very, another important question that, I, that I'm letting you ask me right now. Yeah. What asks, you know, what is up with like motivation? What if I don't feel motivated? Right. I think yep. the number one thing, Ashton, that everyone should understand is that we cannot rely on any desired outcome based upon how we feel. Mm. Motivated is a sensation. I feel motivated. Yep. I feel energized. I feel tired. I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel happy. That comes and that goes constantly throughout the day. Once again, if your goal is so meaningful to you, you won't have anything fucking stop that. Oh, it's a little bit cold outside. Who gives a fuck? Oh, I haven't eaten anything. Who gives a fuck? If your goal really means something to you, you push all of those limiting factors and discrimination away from you. And once again, you focus on you as an identity. Who do you identify yourself as? I identify myself as a savage. What does savage mean in my humble opinion? A savage, in my humble opinion, is a person who wakes up every single day, realizes like, hey, fuck, I woke up today. Wow, not everybody did. So I'm grateful for my 24 hours in a life currency bank account. What can I do now with those 24 hours? Well, I'm going to recommit on my spiritual, mental, and physical journey. How do I go about that? I'm going to continuously try to make small, small, small increments, steps towards becoming a savage from the standpoint of performing better. A savage is a person who's open-minded and open-hearted to try all things that life offers us. We are so limited and linear in our belief system. You know, I am Christian. I am Muslim. I only drive European cars. I'm vegan. I only do bodybuilding. Says who? Fucking do everything. Your life is this fucking long, brother. Okay? The sooner you realize that it's, it's only once that you actually have the opportunity to try different things, the more things you realize can be actually tried upon. I, I don't understand the concept of having people say, no, I'm a runner only. Great, you have found a passion. But why not include other things that can enhance your ability to run longer, 
Yeah. Okay. Strength training, conditioning training with a kettlebell for you would be perfect. Or I'm only a bodybuilder. But what happens if you have to run from A to B? Right. Catch a bus. You know what I mean? Or I'm only a yogi. Oh my God, yoga is fantastic. But there's so much that we can do with our weekly routine of things that we want to try. I try to constantly push myself to try new things. Yeah. Like today I'm going to go out for a run. I hate running. Good. Good. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to swim. I'm not good at swimming. Great. And the day after I'm going to do some, you know, deadly with the summer sandbag. I already know how fucking miserable I'm going to feel standing <laughs> with my feet in the sand, drooping sweat with sand all over my face. I'm going to be miserable as fuck. But yeah. that's the fucking point. Yeah. Step outside your fucking comfort zone. Sorry to curse. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. I, I, that, everybody needs to rewind and listen to that five minute rant again, like three times. So do that. <laughs> um, I love it. I absolutely freaking love it. And just to clarify, and I, I don't think you're saying this, but some people chase PRs as the only thing that drives them. What you're saying is switch it up enough to where you cut that goal, whatever it is, if you're trying to become a savage, that you have different things that you can go for, um, whether it's running or swimming, and you're not you're not constantly chasing like this singular item. That if you fail, you know that's going to be all of your self worth. I think the 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 variety that you're introducing, and and it doesn't have to be a crazy amount of variety, can always leave you with a different type of like smaller goal to achieve that bigger goal that you're talking about. Yes, yeah. because yeah. I think that many of us. And this is a little bit deeper of, a, of, a, of an answer, Ashton, but to have a goal is fantastic, but to have a habit yeah. and to commit to a journey allows you to be present and appreciative of that journey. But to constantly fail over a course of a year to hit 500 pounds, like you say, my self-worth is going to feel like fucking pretty low until I reach that number. Yeah. But that desire and that happiness of you reaching that number is so short-lived. Yes. So by the time you hit that 500-pound mark, you're going to be happy for 10 minutes a day. And you're going to have that pose be forgotten about when you're actually lifting that 500-pound deadlift that, uh, that on Instagram and on TikTok. A week from that, there's nobody liking your picture anymore. So yes, you can rely that you have now built a strength foundation that is 500 pounds off the ground and back down to the ground. That is amazing. But I do believe that people need to be fucking happy in failing. Failing daily is amazing. The, the concept of failing, none of us wants to fail because it's seen upon and looked upon us. Look at this guy. He tried again and he failed. I want to fail fucking every day. If I'm not failing, I'm playing it safe. Yeah. I don't want to play fucking safe here in life. Yeah. Failing needs to be looked upon as a way of measuring your progress. Yeah. Fail daily. If you fail daily, you're pushing yourself. You're reconnecting to yourself. You're understanding the journey and you're appreciating you failing. It's a driving force rather than like fail means that you are a failure. We are never going to be failures by failing. Yeah. We're going to be failures by failing once and giving up. Yeah, yeah. The, the process, the journey is far more important in your overall habits and lifestyle um, than chasing those individual aspects of your training regimen. 
um, and it's yes. going to be a lot more fulfilling long term. Yeah. Ashton, I have a question for you. What's that? Is that okay within this podcast? Sure, absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> for people who may not know you perfectly, mm-hmm. and if I have the opportunity to repost this later on to my account as well, which I will happily do to drive, drive further traffic towards you as well. Yeah. Um, how can you describe you and your mission, uh, both from a business and personal standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Freedom Fitness Equipment is... is we, it's a, it's a couple of different things, but my mission is to provide people not with equipment, not with a thing, not with crap they don't need, but with a lifestyle around fitness that fits their training needs and fits their health. It fits, it fits their journey. Exactly. Like you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, I, and we differentiate ourselves from most of our competition through education, through podcasts like this, and through helping people to understand what does it take to get to wherever they want to go or become whoever they want to be. And to me, that's a much deeper mission than I'm going to sell you a bunch of Olympic weight plates. So that's our goal is we're create, we're trying to help you create a lifestyle around fitness that fits you and isn't just smashed into this mold of, I have a bias towards strength, obviously. But I, I'm not going to put that on somebody. So that's that's where we stand. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful mission, and I think that more now than ever before, due to the pandemic and the closing of gyms and whatnot, the one thing that people had to do, and a a personality that needs to be be added was to be adaptable. All yeah. of us need to be adaptable. We haven't necessarily been needing to be adaptable because the gyms are always open. You know, and then all of a sudden you're closed, okay? And you come to realize like, hey, strength equipment, if I can have strength equipment, and at that time when you thought about it back before pre-pandemic or during the initial phase, Mm -hmm. you were already too late. There was no equipment available. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, there was nothing. Um, That's actually when we also launched our Savage Sandbags because it was something that we could easily get our hands off, hands on. It's shipped flat vacuum sealed to our clients and then they filled it up at Home Depot or the beach, for example. So it was a perfect alignment to offer something that wasn't available to that same extent. But I think to be adaptable and to have your own access to gym and gym equipment is now more than ever in very high demand. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. We've got a big contingent of home gym owners that still come in. We're trying to reach out to more commercial facilities, but I, you know, even with commercial facilities, I, there are so many commercial facilities that in my opinion, underutilize space training needs, they get stuff because it's new and it's shiny and, and that's all fine, but it's really not, what is your, like, I, if you listen, um, one of our previous podcasts was with a gentleman named Joe, he runs Unleashed Strength in Manassas, Virginia. He's created a culture around specifically powerlifting, but just you know, the gym culture generally, it's very healthy and very good and it's humble. And I love supporting gyms like that because that, again, it goes, it goes with our mission. Like we want to provide you with, you know, stuff that's going to, that's going to create a better culture and a better fit for you and your training style and not just the next new shiny thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm right on board with you as far as you know, people need to have already think, started thinking about this stuff and thinking about how they can become stronger and change their lifestyle and their habits. 
Um, and I think gyms that embrace lifestyle and culture changes are much more effective and much more attractive to people than I'll say that I'll throw them under the bus planet fitness, you know, which is, you know, just get in, go out and, uh, and that's, and that's all the, all there is to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm around the same page with you. I greatly appreciate that mission, Ashton. Like you said initially, uh, when I asked you, you said that I'm very biased to offering a lifestyle surrounding gaining strength. Yeah. And I think that that's a misconception that so many of us currently have. I have so many people reach out to me on TikTok and Instagram, and they're like, hey, bro, I want to lose some weight. I want to start my journey on weight loss. And of course, you have your favorite influencer offering you advice on how to macro count and how to be in a caloric deficit and all of that to obtain your goals and such. But in reality, if all of us focus rather on gaining strength and losing weight, you have so much more aligned with you than, than you being lethargic as fuck, being in a caloric deficit because oh, you're yeah. feeding 1900 calories. You're not performing well in school if you're a student. You're not performing well as a husband if you have a partner. You're not performing well as a business owner or as an employee. Yep. Like, focus on gaining strength and you will sleep better. You will focus on what the fuck you're eating. You will focus on the proper equipment to invest in for a home gym and what you can do inside of a gym, for example. Yeah. So once again, it comes down to, I want to look a certain way. Great. Well, let's focus on what you can build with your machine. If you want to gain strength, I guarantee you, you have so much more that is going to work for you in life in general than obtaining a low body fat percentage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Strength is, it, it's, I don't know if you've noticed a demographic difference, um, but I have, and I've interviewed people who are both on the uh, female bodybuilders and female trainers have a, there's a particular issue with uh, not so much guys on the strength side, but with women who are, running from lifting, running from heavy things, running from the strain and the tension. And, and my wife is, my wife loves to power lift and, and to lift in general. And so she's an, but she's an anomaly in that space. And it's, um, it, it will make you stronger, make you stronger for your kids, for your partner, for everybody. I, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. That is, that is a concept. That is a concept that stems once again from like, I mean, we're talking 80s, you know, we're talking like 90s. The fitness area has always been looked down on the fucking scale. Yeah. Okay, what is the number of the scale? And that's how you identify if you're on the right track or if you're an obese, overweight person. Yeah. That needs to fucking change. Yeah. Unless you are an MMA fighter, like we spoke about before, and you're fighting in a certain weight class. Right. Or any other profession where the weight actually sets you up in, in powerlifting as well. Yeah. You cannot oh, yeah. for a certain type of, that's when it becomes important but an overall individual which is 90 percent of us more or less the scale is solely a stupid ass number that we have obsessed for too far you know and definitely need to step the fuck away from yeah. focus on numbers and weight that you're adding externally loading your machine and you can gain so much more like you're saying from that gaining that strength as a woman oh my god yeah a woman who has a kid from from being 10 pounds, 15 progressively overloading, progressively growing as an external load that you are lifting from left to right, up and down 200 times per day, wouldn't strength be a little bit of a nice, sexy touch to your existence? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And you can't, uh, you know, you can't be averse to eating 
in order to gain that strength and, and vice versa, like lifting and, and, and combining those two together. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually going to stop you there, but this was phenomenal. I am so thankful I had you on. I really appreciate you taking me up on the offer. Um, let me, let people know where they can find you, uh, the website, Instagram, social, all that stuff. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashna, first and foremost, for inviting me to have this dialogue. I have really appreciated your questions. Once again, you're a great podcast host. You ask fantastic questions that I've definitely enjoyed answering. Um, I'm basically Exit Comfort Zone on Instagram and on TikTok. That's the place to find me. Excellent. Excellent. Check this guy out. Um, and oh, uh, your wife has a business as well. Is there somewhere they can go to, to check that out? So we are under Mr. Mrs. Love.com. M-R-M-R-S Love.com. There you find everything that we offer. Fantastic. All right. Do it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Please give FreedomCast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would mean a lot, a lot.